You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I am Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourts. Hello, everyone. Hello. I hope you're having a lovely weekend. Lovely week, I guess. This comes out on Wednesdays. So Mm -hmm. scratch that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's cooled down since it's been like a thousand degrees here. That's true. Uh, The water must have gone up in price because everybody has been consuming more and more to keep up with things because I've sweat in the last week more than I have in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, that's sexy. Nothing like being sticky, gross, and smelly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, part of that was me outside uh, helping my mom move some plants around because um, plants are expensive. And when you need to split them and move them around, you don't need to go buy more. You just go shopping in her yard. (laughs) Yeah. Split that shit and move it where you want it. So, yeah, that's how I spent my weekend. So, good times. Yeah. I'll not talk about my weekend. It wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it at that. Oh, I, so it's sweet justification, though. Or like, I feel so much better about myself. You had <laughs> a little bit of a suspect weekend. Woo. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's okay. I'm officially old, you guys. Practically dead. So, I mm-hmm. just, I just realize it now. My body is like, yes, ma'am, you are actually old now. So that's right. That's all right. But still hot. Yeah. I mean, when it's a thousand degrees out, it's hard to be anything, but (laughs) it's hard to not be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'll take it. All right, guys. Uh, This week, we're going to do a weird documentary. I mean, every week we probably do weird documentaries, but this week is a little, a little more weird. There's not a whole lot of substance to this movie. I'll say that. Yeah. It's an interesting, so it's just um, a little slice of life that you don't normally see. Right. A lot of documentaries cover like big topics or big events Mm -hmm. or like memorable things. That's not what this one is. This is just like an odd dynamic in a career you probably hadn't thought about. (laughs) Correct. I would say a job, maybe not a career, but yeah. And one guy was there for 11 years. So I don't know that. that, Yeah, that's a career. (laughs) So we're going to cover the parking lot movie. It's exactly what it sounds like. This was done in 2010. Mm -hmm. It's one hour and 14 minutes. I found it on Tubi, but I believe it's also on Freebie. Directed by Megan Ekman. And there are a lot of people in this. Something I'll say was very well done is almost every time people came on the screen, their name popped up. So even like repeatedly as they show back up, their name comes up with them, which is good because they all kind of look the same to me. But there are a lot of men. And I'm not going to have all the names. Well, I think if you just said John, <laughs> half the time you would be right. Yeah. There were so many Johns yes. in this show. Yeah. The gist of this is there is a, what they call the corner parking lot in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's right across the street from the university. And this is a paid lot. And 
these are the people who work at that paid lot. They're parking lot attendants. Now, let me ask you, Erin, how do you think it worked? Because most of the time it seems like they would grab a ticket, go in, park, and then as they left, they would calculate the money and pay and leave or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there are times where they talked about dropping off keys and moving cars. And so I'm not, I don't understand. Yeah, there was a lot of discussion on the dynamic between the attendants and the people who parked there. There was not as much discussion on what the valet bit of the situation was, but I picked up the same thing. There's definitely a self-park prospect, but they also talk about leaving keys and moving cars, and that really didn't make its way all the way (laughs) to the final product. So I, too, was like, wait a second, what? Yeah, because there were times where someone would park the car and then bring the keys up to the attendant as they walked out, and I'm like, I understand that to a certain extent, like if we need to move the car, we need to be able to have access to it if something happens. Okay, sure. But I didn't feel like that happened all the time. And I'm not sure how the system worked. I also would like to point out how insecure uh, that shack was. (laughs) Did it even have a real door? I don't know. Could have been cardboard. Could have been cardboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was really unofficial, some of the processes in here. Now, they they seem to have some of that shit down. They had a, a fun dynamic going with the gate that lifted and closed, you know, the, the old thing to keep you from driving through like a maniac that mostly worked. So there was a lot of effort put into some parts of this, but it seemed like less effort put into others. So kind of interesting. Yeah. I will say that the shack seemed official to me to the extent that it had a window in the side. So you didn't have to leave it. You could just lean out, grab the money without leaving the shack. Mm -hmm. So if it was like raining or something, the weather seemed to be normally pretty mild, at least while they were filming. So that wasn't a big issue. Yeah. I will say definitely while they were filming, they talk about the winter, but we don't see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to guess they were only filming on days that it was nice out because that's all that you ever saw. Yeah. There was one yeah. day where it was like yeah. storming and I'm like, okay, <laughs> one day. Yeah. All of these guys that were there and it is all men. This parking that lot is, is correct. owned by one man named uh, Chris Farina. He's the owner like to know how that worked like did you buy the lot as it was and then just take over did you buy it and turn it into a lot do you have to have special zoning to have a parking lot and then do you have to have different zoning to charge for it i'm so curious how that works i'm gonna guess it was already there because if there's a university across the street that sort of implies that stuff had to grow up around it yeah so that that's my guess they don't discuss it though you're right Yeah, there's about a thousand dudes here. (laughs) Yes. They are such interesting people, though, because they're absolutely right when they say, I think this is a service industry, probably one that we're not considering most of the time. Because when I think of service industry, I think of servers. I think of people that work at hotels. I think of that kind of thing. I'm not thinking about 
the people who manage or whatever um, at parking lots. Now, I will also say, I really try to make sure I'm a decent human being, no matter who I'm talking to. Right. But I really felt their pain about um, they are really dehumanized by all of the people who use this lot. Like they're almost like there for your convenience or maybe not. But there's a real strong, <laughs> there's a real strong dynamic. Uh, the longer they work at this parking lot. It's pretty interesting. It is. And they, so they talk about being across from the university and they talk about, of course, there's mm-hmm. a lot of bars around. So yeah, you have a lot of college kids using this parking lot, especially at night. I think during the day it's probably more people shopping or working or whatever. But at night you get the drunk college kids, which I have to admit, even when I was a kid that age, I had very little tolerance for. So that's got to be the fucking worst, right? These people stumbling in, breaking your gate, throwing up, having sex on the cars, and just everything horrible that's associated with it. Well, I would like to understand, I mean, obviously this is 2010, and I'm not sure when Uber got started, but I would like to think that the drunken driving and shit like that that's going on has been lessened now because Uber is such a great service mm-hmm. to keep your dumbass out of jail and from killing somebody when you're drunk driving. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. it it's, they do have a, a police officer speak in this as well. And he's like, Oh my God, at night, it's just horrible. He's like, we've had, <laughs> I've, I've given a DUI to the same car twice. <laughs> I've, you know, there are people, like I said, fighting in the parking lot, having sex in the parking lot. He said one person, the car actually flew over the gate and flipped over onto its, like, roof. And I'm like, what What launched it? What I need to know what happened to get it to that position. Right. I need a lesson in physics yes. to understand this. Yes. Which is convenient because most of the people who are working in this parking lot are grad level students. <laughs> work out well yes and what uh what were the main uh, majors of these students philosophy Mm -hmm. i'm like oh makes sense okay sociology that was another one that i kind of popped into my head when i you know kind of stuck with me i guess that's the one i'm looking for anthropology was the one they commented on how it was really good for anthropology students because this is just like field work (laughs) watching all the people I right. love that. Yeah. Religion majors, I think, was another one they picked. But very cerebral, without a whole lot of tangible, functional use to it. All of these, right? I have to tell you, I laughed so hard when I heard some of these majors. And like, I can't imagine the depth that these people are in right. to have ended up working at this parking lot. And that's not because it's not a noble job or there's something wrong with that pursuit that's fine but what I'm saying is you've really invested a lot in yourself to do some of these things and then to also end up at a job that I'm gonna guess does not pay a ton right I'm guessing I just when I hear someone who has a degree in philosophy which don't get me wrong I fucking love philosophy classes those were some of my favorite classes right Mm -hmm. but what are you gonna do with that degree other than teach what can you do with that and I would love for someone to 
absolutely write me and say, this is what you can do with it. And I'm sure I could Google it too. I just don't feel like it. But, you know, there's so many majors that I'm like, what? (laughs) I would like to bring your attention to the fact that Dalton in the King of the Bee movies known as Roadhouse had a degree in philosophy and he was the bouncer of all bouncers. He was the cooler, cooler, if you will. I think that's, yeah. So um, obviously that is a career that you could have. That's a direct result of your degree in philosophy. All right. So I can, I can pick up what you're putting down there. (laughs) Do you think in that case that Tai Chi was also part of his degree program? Because I feel like that's a philosophical kind of thing too. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just an enigma wrapped in a riddle. (laughs) Yes. Patrick Swayze is a beautiful human being. Let's just say that. Okay. He was so lovely. Yeah. He was. It's so sad. He's not Mm -hmm. here anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So yeah, you have a lot of really cerebral men. Some of which seem to be having existential crises. Crises? That's a word. (laughs) Uh-huh. While they're working there, they use a lot of big words while they're talking to the um, point where it's almost pompous, but they pull it off. It is so obnoxious. <laughs> so obnoxious. <laughs> let's let's just give an example at this point. At the very beginning of this documentary, they're, they're having a, a bit of a sound off about cars, right? And they're like, cars are just another species. And cars equal freedom. It's really an extension of the horse. So now you have to park your horse, but isn't that a limitation of your freedom? Because then you have to find a spot. And it's just all of this just very deconstructive, you know, you're like, what are you even talking about that it's an extension of the horse? I mean, whoever would have thought about that? So I think these guys just sit around and think about this all day. As philosophers do. Yes, thank you. So what it makes me think of is when you're first out of college and you are, you're just really proud of who you are and what you've done, right? So I, I, just for an example, when I first graduated, you know, I would say stupid things like, um, where's the acetaminophen instead of just calling it Tylenol. It's just fucking Tylenol. It doesn't matter. (laughs) They know what you mean. But, you know, when you're, it's just stupid stuff like that, right? That you're like, "Mm, I'm just, I'm better than you. And I'd like to think I've grown for the most part. But when you're right out of college, you just feel so superior. And that's what these people were kind of, the energy they were giving me. Right. And also realize that they're also very, there's a concentrated like they're just in a very small sphere, right? And they're bouncing all these ideas off of one another. So they have a real us versus them mentality because they are the educated. They are the ones who are really in power, I guess, when you use their service, their parking lot. And then the other people that come in there to park are rude and they drive gas guzzling cars versus our attendants who mostly have bicycles. I think it's funny that they kind of infer that that's by choice. And I say it's a necessity because they can't afford a car. <laughs> right. Nobody says that, however. No. So, you know, they're pitted really against the, I don't know, the 
the capitalists, I don't know what else you want to call it. There's, um, I have a word in here that they, the Tarostafarians, somebody says that. And I'm like, what? So <laughs> I know one of the things that I wrote down, one of them, um, I don't remember which one. They were like, the parking lot attendant is the toll booth operator on the expressway to the way station to the American dream. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm like, <laughs> someone, if I were going on a date paid with by someone, the word? Right. If I'm going on a date with someone and they said that, I would just get up and walk out. I wouldn't even pay my half of the bill. I would just get up and walk out. No. Stop it. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Yep. There, there's something else. I, I don't know how else to describe them. I have met people like this. I'm sure I agree with you at some point. I was probably a pompous idiot as well. <laughs> but I learned real quick that that's not really a way that I want to go about life. But I think that that's really all that these guys have to hold on to, mm-hmm. at least at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and they're not bad people. Like you said, they just are in an echo chamber. And so it's just feeding it and feeding it. <laughs> there you go. And they're young. Most of them are pretty mm-hmm. young. I think one cat's like mid thirties or something, but mm-hmm. you know, when you're young, you're very idealistic and everything means so much more. I love people like, what's the purpose to life? And I'm like, why does there have to be a purpose? Why can't you just enjoy the ride? <laughs> you know, I guess I'm just pretty shallow in that way. I don't know. They also talk about, you know, the people who, who use the lot. And I think there's probably a lot of bad behavior, right? Because they're coming in with these assumptions that the customer is always right. And they are going to kind of be assertive, be aggressive. I mean, there is some aggression against the lot attendees and that's going to get them their own way. And, you know, they talk a lot about the other parking lot attendants because this is not the only parking lot in this space, but they're just posers. They're just they've bought into, you know, whatever system, you know, it's just like a real us versus them mentality. It's so funny to listen to them talk. I'm just like, please go outside one time ever. I don't know. Outside of your little shack. Yeah. It's yeah. Because the other parking lot attendants probably have air conditioned booths and that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have their little TVs and they're like, so you have a book, bring a book. I used to sit when I worked for the airlines and in between flights, I would sit outside, you know, it's like underneath the terminal and just sit there as the planes are taken off and everything. And just, I'd read books. I read so many books while I worked there. Cause you have so much downtime. It's fine. It was a great job. They do talk a lot about that. There is a lot of time to contemplate your life or the world. They've come up with lots of stupid fucking games Um, I think that there's really periods of busyness and then there's periods of long, long hours of doing nothing. So they've got some games like cone flip where you have a cone and you're trying to flip another cone. So it lands stacked on top of the first one. And there's all kinds of stuff that they're showing you that is really, really funny. And I'm like, absolutely. This is totally some shit. Some dudes that don't have anything better to do would come up with. Yeah, they show a video of one guy who puts two cones, like one on each leg and one on each arm and then one over his head. And then they're trying to lasso him or something. I thought, that is such a boy thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, even though they discuss that this job comes from word of mouth. Yeah, you have to know someone. This is nepotism at its finest. 
Right. It doesn't surprise me at all that there are no women in this because I think they were like, no thanks. <laughs> like, well, no. I think there are two reasons. One, yeah, no, that's a lot of a lot of testosterone, and I don't plan on growing a beard when I'm 20 yet. Give me time. Give me to is, menopause. Is there a lot of testosterone? I'm going to challenge you on that <laughs> viewpoint, but still, <laughs> it's a good point. <sighs> um, but the other thing, I digress. There is. Like, so they talk about at the end of the night when the drunk kids are coming out, you really kind of want to be a present. So just being there. And it's like one person at a time. Every now and then they have more than one person. But for the most part, it's a dude dealing with this. So if you have kids coming out who are drunk, who are fighting, who are fucking, who are doing these things, most women aren't going to jump in to that. I'm not. I'd be like, all right, try not to break anything. When you're done, leave the lot. (laughs) Right? I mean... Right. Just here's a wet wipe. <laughs> Think about your decisions later. Maybe out. <laughs> I'll get like a hose and I would spray them or something. That's the extent oh, of my intervention. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. I'm going to think about that. That makes me very happy. Okay. But yeah, I think there are a couple reasons why a woman wouldn't want this position. Mm-hmm. Um, they have more self-respect. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so funny to think about this seems to be a sought after position, mm-hmm. but they all kind of hate it. Right. But are they the kind of people who are only happy if they have something to bitch about? Cause there are a lot of people like that. Agreed. And it's also funny because it's so horrible, but they all just hang out there in their spare time. <laughs> also hanging out with each other, chatting, skateboarding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like a little gang. Yeah. It's a little gang. It is. And there's some things that happen that make me laugh because again, these are very cerebral people and they're looking for a lot of outlets. They're creative and they have in the little shack that's maybe big enough for you to walk inside. There's a chair. And if you wanted to turn around, you don't have to stand on the chair. You know what I mean? It's not very big. There's cardboard so they can post different ideas and they do some practical things. Like if somebody runs out of the lot without paying, they'll record license numbers, make some models, blah, blah, blah. So there's some practical reasoning for having some of these things, but they'll also post articles. They'll write little poems. They'll do little drawings. And it reminds me of the shit that you see when you go to Yats. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just like a lot of uh, commentary from the staff and it's super fun. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy seeing it and watching it because I think it's clever. But I think that this is like the first outlet for their ennui. I don't know what that is, but their um, ideas and I don't know, initial aggressions. And then, you know, beyond that, they're doing all this postulating about the meaning of life and how does the parking lot fit into all this and who am I and is the sky blue? I don't know. There's just a lot of that kind of talk on top of the practical nature of actually performing this job and tasks. Right. Well, and I mean, everything is, um, it's an inside joke, which is, which we all have jobs and that, that, that you have your inside jokes and that. My favorite, though, is that they they make the gate. So it's like a wooden bar that they can 
take off and put on, thankfully, because they tend to get broken like once a night at least. And so they will use spray paint and make different designs or names or sayings. And they're like, well, a lot of times they're just names of actors and actresses who, you know, used to be famous and they're not anymore. And, but it only means something to the parking lot attendants. You know, the people just will have no idea what we're talking about. It's just the way they speak in a condescending manner to the world for this documentary is the same way they say people speak to them. So much. When they talk about the has-been celebrities, they point out that this is just the nature of life. Like, you will be forgotten. It is all for naught. It's so funny that they take the time to point that out to you. Yeah, I feel like if they told the joke, they would then immediately explain it because you wouldn't understand it. So... Do you think the whole time they're like, well, actually, um, <laughs> that's the alternate name of this documentary. So yes. I'm just like, oh, they're such slackers. And yet they have such, they're so opinionated. And I'm like, that just is, how does it exist in the same body? Oh, I think there's just so much more room in your body than anything <laughs> else. Got to fill that up. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Condescension. Mm. So at least one guy met his wife. One of the Johns. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the Johns. I think it's John Linderman, but does it matter? It absolutely does not. The guys are waiting for a dead battery moment so they can hop up and rescue you as a, as a lady. And I just think it's really funny that that's when he decided to make his move. Like she had no options. And that's how history is made, I guess. Yeah. I, at least when they talked about it, it didn't sound quite as predatory as you just made it sound. Uh, uh, that's <laughs> what it says. The guys are waiting for these moments. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, my man. Okay. I think she at least was already attracted to him and had been parking there, you know, to see him and that. And then that happened. So it made me feel a little bit better about it. But Yeah. When you say it like that, that does sound really bad. Well, I think it's funny in in contrast, because the only other thing they ever say about women in this is that the sorority girls are the worst. They have some discussion about women being like very Karen-like. That's kind of the, what I would call a little bit of the modern equivalent, because they have several instances of people not wanting to pay people being obnoxious, uh, giant SUV drivers. Now that's not necessarily calling out women or men, but they really hit on the sorority girls more than once. And I'm like, is that because they don't pay attention to you? I don't at all doubt that they could be real obnoxious, Mm -hmm. but it's funny to listen to them talk about it. Listen, Aaron, they're too good for someone who's in a sorority. So that's not it at all. Mm. I mean, thanks for telling me. Yep. And making sure I know. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> I do like some of the interactions they show of people arguing about the pricing. Keep in mind, it's like 50 cents for an hour or a dollar for an hour. Like this woman comes up, gives her ticket and he's like, all right, it's like $9. And she's like, it's $6. And they argue back and forth. And he's like, okay, what time is it now? What time was this ticket? 
there's a sign, you know, he's trying to be rational. And she's like, I'm not fucking listening to you. I'm not listening to you. She's just a total bitch. I'm like, it's $3, ma'am. $3. And if, if $3 is going to break you, maybe you shouldn't be driving downtown. You should stay home. Yeah. Because in 2023 money, I have twice now paid $30 to go see a concert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just to park. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Also in a, I mean, very convenient downtown parking lot, but I guess I, I find that it's probably not a new phenomenon to have to pay to park in a place where there's uh, less parking available. Like there's just not a lot of street parking in a lot of downtown, you know, places. So I would be like, you know what? I will happily give you this $6, $9 to park all day anywhere. It's such a very foreign idea to bitch about that. Also, there's a lot of discussion about like, well, you guys should make a sign. And is this a free lot or is this a pay lot? And they have a giant sign. Mm -hmm. It's at the back of the parking lot. So I don't know about placement. There's probably one up front too before you pull in. I'm going to take a guess to say this is a paid lot. You know what I mean? Otherwise, why would you have to take a ticket? However, I will say on the other hand, you find most people who have a lot of money um, tend to have a lot of money by cheating out other people, right? It's not from working real, real hard, like they like to tell you. It's because they have cheated the system somehow and things like this. Like they don't want to pay 50 cents to park. They shouldn't have to pay 50 cents to park. And those little 50 cents and dollars, they add up. And eventually you've screwed over enough people that you have a lot of money. So the people like us who are like, I will gladly pay that will never be wealthy, Aaron, because we'll gladly pay. Yeah, because we identify with the people that are working in the parking lot rather than the rich. I don't know. I do think it's really funny, though, when they talk about the different types of cards and almost to the point where they can predict who's going to be a dick based on the kind of car that they drive. Because they're like, look, there was a maybe in the 2010s when this was made or shortly before that's when the cars had gotten bigger and they're like, there's Escalades, there's Suburbans coming in here. They don't really fit in these spaces and people get pissy because they can't park here because their cars are too big. And it becomes the problem for the lot attendant, not the problem of the person that's driving these giant ass cars around expecting everybody to, you know, make it work for them. Right. And that's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, and they, yeah, the owner, Chris, he had talked about how, oh, well, they wanted us to change the parking spots so we could fit these bigger cars. But, of course, that means fewer parking spots. So, no. Also, it's they talk about how people, people don't want to have to pay to park. But they don't want the inconvenience of having to drive around and look for a parking spot. But then how dare you charge them to park somewhere convenient? Bitch, <laughs> you got to pick it. Which one works for you? You can't have it both ways. Well, then they also talk about they can make some predictions about you as a human being based on how you park. And I will believe that because there are a few shots that they have in here where they're parked three deep. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Is anyone in charge of this wild, wild west that's going on in here? So maybe that's when they have to get the keys to move your shit around because you cannot be trusted to park in a space like a human being 
Right. And then I go back to there had to have been an open spot or space because they're Mm -hmm. keeping track of that. There are several times you see them having to tell someone, hey, the lot's full. Try this other lot up Mm -hmm. the road or whatever. So they know how many Mm -hmm. spaces they have. They know who's in and out. And so there's a space for you somewhere. You don't have to park three deep like that where it's impossible for the middle person. You know what I mean? I don't understand. Yeah. The logic. Did you not want to walk as far? Is that the problem? Like, it's just much too far for me to walk from the back of the lot. This is not like a stadium sized parking lot. It's like the size of a suburban, like, plot of land. It's so small. Right. I I think that this is very common with what I've seen in a lot of downtown, you know, I don't know, downtown streets. It's just like, it's not football field size. It's, I mean, not even, I don't even know how you would explain it, but like most Walmarts have a bigger parking lot. Oh yeah. Like this is like a fast food. By times. Yeah. This is like a fast yes, food parking lot. There, that's a great size. comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So they do have a funny, maybe it's horrific, but um, <laughs> I considered it a funny bit where they talk about what happens when people drive off. Yeah. And these attendants, I mean, I I feel like it's a, you know, a conflict three situation. Like they are just like seeing red, like absolutely not. They will run after these cars. They will hang off of the cars. They will hang in the windows and try and like grab the steering wheel. And, you know, they're like, absolutely no one's getting out of this lot. It's so funny that they're risking life and limb to try to keep these assholes accountable. So. Again, if they can't do anything else, the reasonable answer is to grab that license plate number and write it down. But they are just do or die. I think they just are not thinking about it. They're young guys, you know, 25, some 30, which I'm like, maybe don't hang off a car at 30. You're not a stuntman. So it's really funny to hear him talk about it, though. Yeah. Throwing rocks at cars and stuff who drove off. I think my favorite was watching a car drive off. And the attendant chase him. But then the car gets stopped because there's a car in front of him trying to turn. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's just stopped. And the guy walks up. He's like, it's a paid fucking lot, dude. You have to pay. Give me your ticket. And in the end, the guy did not. He did drive off. He still got out before, you know. But it was just like, dude, it's like $3. Pay it. It's fine. And also... Dude, it's $3. Do not risk your life for $3 when it comes to the attendance. So, right. And I'm like, this is so poorly thought out because you're right. You do have to go around a building. Like you access it through an alleyway or something. Yeah. So it's not like you're just free and clear. All you have to do is get around the gate. Mm -hmm. It's such a strange dynamic. Yeah. And the fact that they still didn't pay the guy confronted them and they still didn't pay. And I'm like, wow. All right. I mean, I don't know. I guess they spent all their money at the bar and they didn't have any left. Fuck, I don't know. It is really fascinating because I don't know if they're turning people into the cops when they don't pay their parking. It doesn't sound like Obviously, they are. Yeah. Um, but they are charging people and uh, holding them accountable. Like, legally when they break the gate Mm -hmm. so you can either pay the 25 dollars to get the gate fixed which is like chump change in my opinion Mm -hmm. or they will turn you into the cops for that Mm -hmm. for vandalism so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like with people who drive off, they just took the like make a model and the license plate, hoping that these people would park there again. And then I don't know what they would do. They didn't talk about anyone coming back and what they did, but that was the hope. I do think it's funny because do you think people are like, it's fine. No one is going to remember me. I am the customer and I'm always right. Like who goes back to the same lot? Someone who was drunk and didn't remember and shouldn't have been driving oh, anyway, okay. probably. Because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if I mess a Starbucks order up too badly, that Starbucks is dead to me. Like I can't show my face in there. Yep. If I ordered a laddie or something <laughs> stupid like that, it's like it never existed. Yep. I'm too, I'm better than that. We all know it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We can't show our face there yet. This is why I mm-hmm. order online so I don't have to have... I now have anxiety <laughs> if I have to go through a drive through which I've been doing for years, ordering at Starbucks at a drive through but now I'm like, nope, it's too complicated. I got to do it online. Look, some of those names for things are now 25 words long because I need light ice, I need extra cold foam, I need all that pumpkin sweet cream. They make a fine product, but I mean, I think that they're trying to really test my my ability to speak. And we all know from this show that that's nominal at best. (laughs) Yeah. I I can say that the last time I went through a drive-thru, I pulled up my most recent online order so I could say it exactly (laughs) like I needed to. Yeah. Oh my God. Riley makes fun of me all the time because I cannot get mango dragon fruit out reliably (laughs) um, in the high pressure situation of ordering at the drive-thru. Yes. Oh, well, we're here for Riley and his entertainment. So much. One thing that they did say that I completely and totally agree with is how you interact with people like parking lot attendants or people in the service industry that you believe are lesser than you really shows who you are as a person. Right? I think we've all known that lesson. They just said it out loud, I guess. Um, do you return your cart in the part in the, in the parking lot of the grocery store? If not, you're an asshole fucking return it. That type of stuff. And they show like the graduations and parents and, you know, parents saying stuff to their kids, you know, talking to the parking lot attendants with their kids next to them saying things like, well, if you got a college degree, you wouldn't have to do this shitty job. Dude. Yeah. To their face. Yeah. With their kids there. This is the example you're setting for your kids. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, it hits really hard for me on that dynamic of, are you, are you incentivizing the right thing for your kid? You'll pay, you know, 60 grand for a Land Rover. I didn't even know what a Land Rover is in 2010 or now in 2023, more than I'm interested in paying. But yet you won't pay that $5 to park there for five hours or whatever. Like, is that, that's a very inconsistent message. And yet here they are. That's the first thing that they're bitching about is that they're being inconvenienced to have to wait and have to pay, you know, to be able to use the spot. So I think that goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually a very consistent message because what they're saying is, we deserve better and we should not be inconvenienced and look at this amazing car I bought. I shouldn't have to pay to park it. People should feel the privilege of me parking here. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm such a big deal. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a big deal. 
I could say that I've had people make comments because I am covered in tattoos. And so have someone say, oh, well, you know, something sly about, oh, I must have a horrible job or I can't get employed because about all the tattoos and that. And I'm like, I, I probably make more than you, ma'am. So calm down. These weren't cheap. <laughs> so, right. Good work doesn't just happen. You have to really work on uh, yeah. securing that. Yeah, absolutely. So all of this to say, this seems to be a cumulative thing for the people who work in this parking lot. Eventually, you're unable to have the fun of cone flip and all that. And it's really just the bloodlust and red hot rage that builds inside you every day that you're there until you're like, oh, I'm going to have to do anything else. So it seems to sort of be a limited occupation for most people. So I think that's kind of like for the best. I mean, they seem very bitter <laughs> you're watching this show. So bitter. Yes. My favorite was one guy who was talking about, he hates all cars, people who drive them. They're all fucking stupid. They drive big cars at guzzle gas. And then he, on like a side comment, he drives like a, an expedition that, that takes a lot of gas, <laughs> but that's totally different. Everyone else is horrible. And I'm like, um, what? Yeah, they've lost any perspective that they may have had at one point in their lives, which I think is probably pretty true when you do nothing but hang out with the same people, with the same experiences, day in and day out. You need to go and do anything else. Roller derby, rugby, any of these things that help you find um, your perspective once again. An outlet so, for that aggression. <laughs> yeah. And they're right. I mean, they do have a fair argument, but I don't think it's the people that are going to change at the end of the day. No, you can't change the masses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. All you can do is change how you deal with them. Mm -hmm. I do like that they talk about once they leave, one person said, in the parking lot, you're the ruler, right? When you're the attendant, you rule this parking lot. You have the power, just like He-Man. And but once you leave, you never seem to become what you thought you would when you were there. So you sit there and just postulate all day long about what you're going to do with your life. And then when you move on with your life, it never quite reaches what you thought it should. Well, it's easy when you get to sit back and think about it. It's much harder to put that into action. The owner, Chris Farina, talks a lot about most people that come to work for him are in a bit of a transition period, right? You're leaving school. You haven't really you know, like, I think most people come, this is the gap year, right? For everybody before you have to like go out into the real world and produce. So yeah, they're coming in and they're like, I'm not sure what I want to do after grad school. I'm not sure I want what I want to do after undergrad school. I don't know. So it's really funny to sit and hear them talk about their big plans. And some people have been able to make it, I don't know, work for them. So they have, they seem to have converted into something that they thought they would be at the end, but not for everybody. It's much more pedestrian <laughs> than, they're, than they're talking about at the beginning. So it's kind of funny. Do you want to go through what some of them are doing? I say now, sure. but it was as of 2010, <laughs> 20 years ago. Not quite, but yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. I did not get everybody's last name cause I didn't care to write them down. But, um, so <laughs> Scott, mm-hmm is a music promoter and a songwriter. 
John Beers plays in the rock band Happy Flowers, which I tempted to look up. I don't know if they're on the iTunes. We'll have to find that out. James McNew plays bass in Yola Tango, which is also a rock band. So love that. John Linderman is the senior librarian at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. So I feel like that's one. That feels like a one of those positions that these guys would think that he made it. Yeah, that seems like a pretty cool role. I mean, it, to and to be a librarian, I don't think people understand. To be an actual librarian, you need a fucking master's degree at a minimum. So that's no joke, that program. And I'm just like, what do you do? They're not the ones helping you find the books for the most part. They're the ones doing a lot of other stuff in the background. But I'm like... <laughs> shit, my dude, I don't feel like you get paid enough for that, right? But maybe at the Met. Maybe you do at the Met. I I like to think so. Harper Hellams is a barista, and he's currently an active attendant. So he didn't hate it enough to leave. And then I feel like he probably gets a double dose, because I feel like people at coffee shops probably aren't great to baristas all the time either. Gray Morris was a security guard, but now he's back as an attendant. And I think he's the guy that was like, I hate cars. I hate people. I hate people who drive cars. I hate people who drive big cars, gas guzzlers, of which I also drive one. Yes, that is absolutely who it was. <laughs> he was especially, he was especially salty this whole time. So bitter. So, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of Botox in his future. <laughs> That's right, my dude. It'll, it's a cumulative situation on your face. Just watch out for that. Do you want to take a few? We have Matt, who is currently working as a restaurant manager in Charlottesville. Uh, Again, currently probably isn't the right term. Patrick is studying at the Virginia Commonwealth University of Richmond, Virginia. I have no idea what he's studying. Could be anything. Could be underwater basket weaving. Hope so. That would be the best. Nate is currently pursuing a graduate degree in geography of urban centers at the University of Wisconsin. What do you do with that degree? It's not like a civil engineer, right? Do they work with civil engineers? Is that how that works? I don't know. Um, At first, well, I had to amend my notes because at first I thought he was a grad student of geography. And I was like, well, that's funny because in the States, no one's ever going to be able to challenge him on anything because Americans are notorious for not being able to do any kind of geography. So just telling, and then I read it again and I was like, Oh, so yeah, that might be one of those careers we didn't know was a thing. So that's kind of fun. Mark is currently attending law school at the University of Virginia. Again, he's probably actually a lawyer at this point in time. He was also an interesting cat that he didn't really talk much, but he played a lot of music. Like he was the one sitting out there strumming the guitar, singing the songs. So he seemed like a pretty chill cat, all things considered. Do you feel like... So law students were called out in particular as being bad parkers and mm-hmm. bad customers in the lot. Do you think he was like, well, I can't, I, I'm going to have to, you know, do away with this association so I can move into law. law I and... feel like he went into law specifically to change that um, perception oh, of them. okay. He's All right. single-handedly going to turn that around. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This is a dissertation. I don't know if you have to write a dissertation as a law student, but if he did, that might be his topic. I think you just have okay. to take the bar and pass it at the end. <laughs> Look, in my world, you have to write a dissertation and it's all about how to be 
kind to service people. So yes, they should do. Mm -hmm. Dan is currently a visiting assistant professor of philosophy at UNC. We will say, I will say that he did discuss being a professor or a teacher at one point in time. Mm -hmm. So he talked about how awkward it was when his former students came through and acted like they didn't (laughs) know him. And I'm like, yeah, I've actually seen some of my um, college teachers who probably weren't tenured working at like steak and shake to make extra money because they don't pay teachers in college shit. But I sat and talked to her for a while. It wasn't like embarrassing for anybody. It was just like, good on you for having a second gig. I don't know. Do you think it's because they're men and they can't admit that, you know, they're not the man all the time? Probably. Just a thought. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Rick Slade is currently the Chief of Science and Resource Management for the National Park Service in Georgia. Now, can I also say Rick Slade sounds like a musician from the 80s, right? Oh, I was thinking he sounded like he was like a WWE or a WWF guy. Also would work. Also, yes. It's a great name. Step into a slim gym. Like one of those guys. Step into a slim gym. I love those commercials. John Bylander is studying at Maryland Institute of College of Art in Baltimore. Again, they don't tell you what for. Tyler edits philosophy journals and lives in Charlottesville, Virginia. Tyler was one that I'm just going to say was particularly difficult to listen to with the hat. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, was it the hat? I couldn't get past it. (laughs) Yes. It's a bad connotation, that hat. It's like a... Like a page boy hat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we have a former coworker that it brings up really bad <laughs> memories. And this guy really kind of wasn't much different, honestly. Maybe it's the hat that causes that to happen. It's like lead poisoning. It just seeps into your brain. Yes. Just like Fuck that. all of those hats. It's <laughs> mm. not good. And then lastly, Chris Farina, who is the owner, still runs the corner parking lot. He has done so since 1986. And it says over the years, he has had over 100 employees and counting. So Mm -hmm. did you happen to watch the credits? Are you talking about the Beastie Boys style rap video? Yes. I sure did. (laughs) I sure saw it. (laughs) That was the best part of the entire fucking documentary. I'm just going to point that out. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it was good. I'm going to try to get some of that music and put it at the end of the the episode. (laughs) Please do. You know, they, oh, they just sweat over that thing, trying to get it all pulled together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good times. So, yeah, my feedback on this documentary was, it was very interesting. It is, like you said, um, an area of life that you just don't think about. You take for granted. People take your money and ticket and everything. But that could be said of most service industries. And the cast of characters was just, on one hand, very interesting. On the other hand, infuriating. So I hope they've grown as people. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have an honorary Aaron for this episode? I do. The director, because she's the only woman, and she had to tolerate that bullshit the whole time. <laughs> so yeah. Megan is the honorary Aaron of the week. Yeah. Uh, epic patience, once again, for our mm-hmm. documentarians. Mm-hmm. Love that. 
I chose John Linderman's wife because she was probably the only other woman that was on camera. (laughs) I did not catch her name, but I'm like, she's married to him. And I hope she is also extremely educated. So maybe they balance each other out because I cannot imagine the mansplaining on any given topic that she must deal with on the daily. So, Oh my God. Like at the end of the day, when he comes home from work and you ask, how's your day? That is a three hour dissertation is what's happening there. It's. Ugh. I, I assume you just give him a martini and it's, it's for your survival. It's not, you know, to play the little woman. It's your like, the faster you get drunk, the faster you'll pass out and I can have the rest of my evening do crochet or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's some real air and energy. I give you that. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. So maybe watch it. Maybe don't. Maybe just listen to us and realize <laughs> um, we covered it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what are we doing next week? Okay. I'm very excited about this one. Um, this was one that I found and sometimes they're not great. So I'm hoping that this will... <laughs> be a a win in my column so we're gonna do misha and the wolves this is a 2021 release on netflix it's an hour and 30 minutes and misha and the wolves was a really famous book for a little while um you may have heard of it and this documentary kind of takes you through the whole story arc of that whole thing so i don't want to ruin it here but it was a fast hour and a half and i almost couldn't turn it off like it was past bedtime and I'm an early riser and I had to really scold myself to get it to turn it off so I could pick it up the next day. Okay. <sighs> I'm excited. So I'm, I'm excited pumped to watch about it. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hope I don't ever sell. You'll have to let me know next week. I will definitely let you know. But after this movie, I feel like I have no room to talk about <laughs> any <laughs> documentary you pick anymore. <laughs> Give me time. October's coming and you know I am you know I'm gonna find a good crypto one for us. So Seth Breed Love. He's got him for right? us. I hope so. <laughs> it's a staple. All right. All right, you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Go check us out on Instagram, Facebook, X and the website, go to doctorself.com. I'm thinking maybe tomorrow when I'm off, I might uh, set up a TikToks and just put the audiograms and some of the video snips that I've taken and just put them on the TikToks. So maybe we'll be hip and happening with the kids. Mm. The tickety talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ticket and talking. So <laughs> come check us out. Give us suggestions. Give us feedback. And we will talk to you next week, guys. Sounds good. Laters. Bye. Like that in a nutshell, could be having